case file number 1.02, Sony exposed. Observed by Agent Crenshaw. Subject 1, alias Hackalope. Subject has a history of working in computer security for over 20 years. He has been observed to several Fortune 500 companies and federal agencies during that period. He has been amassing historical information related to espionage and covert action as well as corporate malfeasance. Subject 2, alias Emir. Subject has a history of working in computer security for the last 10 years. He has been observed at NASA facilities regularly. We've also tracked him to the gym where he seems to be bodybuilding. We are amassing evidence to charge him with felony for skipping leg day and curls on the squat rack. Subjects are suspected of having information related to hacking the Gibson. Uh, the accounting subject of the Gibson's working really hard. I think we got a hacker. You play PlayStation, right? Uh, well, I was a PlayStation 2 guy, but uh, I got brought into to the Xbox world. Did you have a PlayStation 3? Uh, my brother had, uh, had a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation 4. So he probably was severely affected by uh, today's topic being the uh, PlayStation Network outage and hack. Yeah, well, me and my friends who were playing Destiny, uh, when we were on the 360 moving to the one, we were thinking about the PlayStation. But because of some of this stuff, we didn't go to the PlayStation network. Yeah, yeah. I remember most of my games back in the day here, and even still now, physical copies. Mm-hmm. But I think I had one or two that either required an always online presence or were digital, and I couldn't play them. So that was incredibly fun. But yeah, like I said, you know, today we're going to be talking about the... Uh, 2011 uh, network outage of the PlayStation Network uh, happened between supposedly uh, April 17th and April 19th. However, Sony didn't really tell us until a week later. So very awesome of them. Very it, considerate uh, to their customers. Yeah, exactly. So this affected apparently 77 million users, all had their data exposed in some way or another, and surpassed the TJX breach. And that yep. was only 24 or 25 million, I think. The numbers that we always brought around were about 44 million customer records. Um, okay. And you know the audience doesn't, but I was part of the recovery plan for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I said, uh, Sony waited more or less an entire week before notifying everyone. On April 20th of 2011, Sony acknowledged on their official PlayStation blog that it was uh, aware of certain functions of the PlayStation network that were being you know, brought down. Upon attempting to sign in uh, via the PlayStation 3, users received a message indicating the network was, quote-unquote, undergoing maintenance. The following day, Sony asked its customers for patience while the cause of the outage was investigated and stated that it may take a full day or two to get the service fully functioning. Fast forward, service actually didn't come back up until, I think, like, May 18th or 14th, somewhere around there. Yeah. How long was that? Was that in total? I think, well, like, two and a half weeks, three weeks. That's a... That's a, a long, long time, time. <laughs> to, yeah. to have your, your console down for no reason other than they couldn't get it working. Exactly. Uh, on May 1st, Sony announced their uh, welcome back program for customers by the outage. But no one actually could actually get back. Um, they had time to iron out the kinks in that. Uh, oh, oh, there were no, they did not. There were <laughs> even more kinks later on. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, during that week, there was a lot of letters being sent back and forth from the House of Representatives, you know, being like, so what exactly happened? Like, what's going on here? Sony sent the house a uh, letter back, basically answering questions and concerns about the event. Uh, in this letter, Sony announced that they would be providing identity theft insurance policies in the amount of about $1 million per user of the PlayStation Network. Well, I, I can tell you that 
the way the world knew about the TJX issue was that they had to put it as a material finding in their 10K SEC filing. Mm, gotcha. So it's nice to know that at least uh, they had to disclose it before it got to that point. Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, if your major network that hosts all these games and everything goes down for that period of time, people are going to be pondering exactly what happened. It's kind of hard to shrug that off and be like, it was just a network outage for I, three and a half weeks. I think it's evidence that shows congressional staffers play video games. That probably too. That's probably like <laughs> very irritated. Finally getting to use that power for good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Staffer, gamer staffer. <laughs> so um, despite no reports of the credit card fraud uh, being indicated during this exposure, this was later confirmed on the PlayStation blog when it announced that the service uh, All Clear ID Plus powered by DevX would be available to users in the United States free for 12 months as part of their their whole identity theft program. And it would include internet surveillance, complete identity repair in the event of theft, and a million dollars of policy for each user for you know a year. And yeah. Or like as you're aware, and maybe some of our listeners are or are not, uh, usually this stuff does not get used within that year time period. Yeah. Like people will just sit on this for yeah, three, took, four, five years. Going back to the TJX example, we know that uh, that credit card information was being used for a few years afterwards it, it took years for the for those guys to be apprehended and mm-hmm. we know in the tjx instance the attackers actually had access to the network for multiple years so one year of insurance seems inadequate <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's not inadequate but you know it's a show of uh, a faith and like hey look we're doing something even though yeah. it really doesn't matter you know, yeah well it's just to reduce their exposure after the fact even if it's inadequate mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So May 6th uh, came around, Sony announced the final testing of their internal network, but uh, later could not actually uh, bring it up as promised, and some games would not be available on the network. And May 14th rolls around, uh, various services actually began to uh, come back online. On the 18th, uh, Sony uh, shut down the password reset page. Care to wonder why? Because they had to redo the entire password backend? Yeah, because there was an <laughs> exploit where users could reset other users' passwords. That's brilliant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all in all, on the 23rd, Sony basically announced that this cost them $171 million for this uh, two and a half, three weeks or whatever. Their explanation of this delay in reporting you know, all these breaches and everything was uh, that there is a difference in timing between when we identified that there was an intrusion and when we learned of consumers' data being compromised. We learned there was an intrusion April 19th and subsequently shut the services down. We then brought in outside experts to help us learn how the intrusion occurred and to conduct an investigation to determine the nature and scope of the incident. It was necessary to conduct several days of forensic analysis, and it took our experts until yesterday to understand the scope of the breach. We then shared the information with our consumers and announced it publicly this afternoon. I mean, that's actually not an unreasonable amount of time to do that kind of big network forensics. And the reality of the world of the situation is essentially the better your organization is at catching this stuff the faster the forensics will go when you get breached like this essentially the worse you are at information security and logging and keeping everything in one place the harder it is to do the forensics after the fact it's a double whammy but i don't know even at that point because this was post tjx the fact that they didn't immediately go to the assumption that they had a wider spread breach then that the scope of the breach could have been that large from the very beginning that's a little tough for me to swallow <laughs> yeah yeah and i'll touch on that later with some euro game euro gamer uh, articles that i found and everything kind of sure 
going back and pointing on like obviously Sony got sued quite a bit after oh, yeah. all this stuff. <laughs> and so there was there was a lot of back and forth. Uh, the, the Wikipedia entry for this it basically you know states that Sony did say that um, they were following PCI compliance and all the credit card information was stored and encrypted. And in fact, the uh, you know the numbers on the back of your card were weren't even stored in the database on Wikipedia. Okay. So if you don't have the the mag strip data or that number, yeah. you know yes. the main credit card number is kind of worthless. Yeah, actually, uh, let's do a brief aside. The, the number is not enough. It, the the mag stripe data is the track information. The, the 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 I believe it's there's three tracks, and you have to get that in the um, magnetic stripe or, like you said, the security code. Um, mm. One lovely part of, about this, and you've heard me rant about this before, is that the enhancements we get with chip and pin, even if it's used in person all over the place, you there's essentially no way to implement it on the internet for digital transactions. Um, yeah. And that is just a vulnerability that continues to exist. But like you said, you, you need to have not just the credit card uh, and even the security ID is usually not enough for a digital transaction. That's why you need to put in the cardholder's name and address and usually phone number or some other identifying factor. Yeah. So in that, Sony stated that um, you know, while the passwords that they stored were not encrypted, they were transformed using the hash function. They'd originally come out and said, like, oh, yeah, no, they weren't encrypted. And people blew a gasket. And they were like, oh, well, they weren't encrypted. They were hacked. I, I wonder why they said it that way. I, I, it was probably a, like a higher up management type, maybe just kind of getting the yeah. two mixed and not understanding. Yeah. I mean, you could hash things badly, but hashing is absolutely considered the best practice there. It's just there's complexity in, in implementation, not that we usually have to think that much about that because the underlying systems, especially nowadays, where everything's relying on something that's uh, already been tested, handles a lot of that for you. Yeah, they, they did say, you know, there is a difference between these two types of security measures, which is why we said the passwords had not been encrypted and then further on said, but I want to be very clear that the passwords were not stored in our database and clear There's a PR snafu that they didn't need. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not sure like in between, like how long it was in between they said, yeah, they weren't encrypted to when that came out, but I'm sure there were tons of flames to put out in between. Yeah. Well, once you lose that, that major piece of goodwill, nobody is going to give you any slack on any little piece of it coming out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're just going to like nitpick every single word you say. Oh yeah. Especially when you've done like what you, what you said right before this, that they kind of dragged their feet on disclosing. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, while they were kind of dealing with um, Congress and everything like that, answering letters, the British Information Commissioner's Office uh, rolled in and issued the following statement, uh, quote, if you are responsible for so many payment card details and login details, then keeping that personal data secure has to be your top priority. In this case, that just didn't happen. And when the database was targeted, albeit in a determined criminal attack, the security measures in place were simply not good enough. There's no disguising that this is a business that should have known better. It is a company that trades on its technical expertise, and there's no doubt in my mind that they had access to both technical knowledge and resources to keep this information safe. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, how big is Sony? How big was Sony back then? I mean, Sony's it? just been massive for right. years and years, and like 2011 was not that long ago. Like, obviously, you know. I, I would even argue that they were bigger 10 years ago than they are now. Especially this time. Yeah, yeah. You know, they had the PlayStation 1, 2 under the belt. PlayStation 4 was coming fairly their, their soon TV, after this. Yeah, their TV business was bigger and so and stereo mm. business was bigger at the time. 
Yeah, um, and then you have all of just Sony Entertainment going on too. So yeah, yeah, Ma- yeah massive. It's not that they didn't have enough resources, and um, and one could even argue that if you're taking this kind of information, should be built into your business plan of is securing it. Uh, but yeah. the other point to make is PCI is a starting point, not the end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, I have been on multiple missions and stuff where the general idea was, oh, like a D plus or a C minus is perfectly acceptable like for security standards because we didn't fail so like keep on trucking you know don't pay any more money it's like no that's just it's asking for trouble and a thing that that i've said for years and years is that 80 percent of good security of security is good system administration there's a huge overlap between doing good security work and doing good system administration and you get a lot of double duty out of out of a lot of the technologies you can use. And I, and I think that's one of the big things about the cloud as we're using it now is it becomes a lot easier to get the t- kinds of telemetry that may very well help you discover an incident, whether it's a systems incident or a uh, security incident. Yeah. And I get, you know, sometimes it's difficult, like even in my own day to day. NASA is notorious for rocket scientists. Like, look at the JPL issues yeah. where they just hook up like a Raspberry Pi or something and just threw it on the network because why not? Yeah. Um, and yeah, we have tons of uh, engineers that love to make the craziest, wackiest stuff that follows no security standards and just throws data all over a system. Yeah, I worked at an academic type institution for, for a while and notoriously, uh, the folks that were running a lot of systems, a lot of applications were the academics and not professional IT. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying it didn't work, but there was definitely a lot more risk in there uh, when the various campaigns to try and make sure everybody is patched and up to date and implemented in something resembling a standard way went to pieces a lot of time because of the uh, the various folks that had what was it there, the equivalent of tenure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to tell a rocket scientist how to build a rocket. I don't know. But I also don't want a rocket scientist in charge of like, securing my Linux system because they don't know what they're doing. They're just well, going mean, you know, chmod777 across the board. Yes. You know, full-on permissions for everything. I mean, there's a lot dictated by specialization. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of them not being smart enough for it. It's that you only have so many hours in a day to learn all of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, they just don't want to. It might not be interesting. So. The data theft obviously concerned authorities around the world. Uh, Graham Cluey, senior technology consultant at Sophos, uh, said the breach, quote unquote, certainly ranks as one of the biggest data losses ever to affect individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still true today. I don't think anything yeah. has been as large. Well, I, you know, I keep track of the TGX one, it's, and it's mm-hmm. still technically in the top 10 of publicly yeah. disclosed breaches. Basically, because reporting hasn't been mandatory there's reason to suspect at least that there have been incidents on this scale that that were better covered up although they didn't yeah. they didn't work like this and they didn't break people's video game console because yeah there's exactly. no hiding that no you break people's video games they're gonna be pissed so uh sony had been asked uh multiple times to testify before uh, congressional hearings on security mm-hmm. and to answer questions about the breach which they they just sent a written response to instead it just didn't do it yeah, they were just like, yeah, no, we're not coming in. You know, I wish I could do that if I got a <laughs> ticket or something. And just write to the judge and be like, ah, I don't really feel like showing up, but here's like, you know, here's my written response as to why I shouldn't get the ticket. 
Well, I don't know. You've seen some of the congressional testimony by some folks uh, by like. Yeah, that's always fun, too, when you have a very old uh, congressman talking about MySpace to Mark Zuckerberg. And he's like, that's not even my platform. What are you talking about? Dude? I, things that came to mind immediately were actually the testimony after the 2008 credit crash and everything, mm-hmm. um, how they had a lot of folks from these really high caliber financial institutions. And while they got beat up on camera, they said almost nothing of substance. Yeah, exactly. And nothing really, you know, it's trickled it's, down and there was no real effect to it. So it's the more civilized, civilized uh, rhetorical equivalent of a public flogging. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, obviously we talked about, you know, the steps that went into it, how the network was down and everything. So how did this actually like happen? Like what, who, who attacked Sony? Yeah. Uh, for that, don't really know. Um, you know, some people have looked at anonymous. So like back uh, roughly a week leading into this and up until two days before this happened, Anonymous had been uh, attacking Sony with a denial of service attack. Mm-hmm. Um, Anonymous had brought the PlayStation Network to its knees several times in April of 2011, just in a run up to this. Anonymous was upset with Sony's uh, wholly unforgivable as they uh, cited legal actions against a PS3 jailbreaker by the name of George Hot. Yes, I do and actually remember that. I got, I got a kick out of their, their declaration here. This is Anonymous's declaration that says, Congratulations, Sony. We now have received uh, the undivided attention of Anonymous. Your recent legal action against our fellow hackers, Geoha and Graf Chocolo, have uh, not only alarmed us, it has been deemed wholly unforgivable. You have now abused the judicial system in an attempt to censor information on how your products work. You have victimized your own customers merely for possessing and sharing information and continue to target every person who seeks this information. In doing so, you have violated the privacy of thousands. This is the information that they were willing to teach the world for free. The very same information that you wish to suppress for the sake of corporate greed and complete control of the user. Now you will experience the wrath of Anonymous. You saw a hornet's nest and you stuck your penis in it. You must face the consequences of your actions, Anonymous style. Well, and this was before this hack. This was before this hack. I think like a week or two just before the hack. So like, like I said, George Geo Hot Tots uh, had broken uh, the doors of the PlayStation 3 to homebrew software, you yeah. know, basically be able to pirate games. Yeah, well, but, also these hacks were the reason that um, somebody made a supercomputer out of play, uh, PlayStation 3s and they were able to do it because they'd been jailbroken so that you could run Linux on them. Oh, really? I, just, I understand yes, that. It was there for 1,760 uh, PlayStation 3s, uh, Beowulf clustered together because it was kind of the best bang for the buck they could get for CPU per dollar. That's great. I like that. That's one of the ass- one of the things that was enabled by this. I mean, yeah, also meant that they were able to, I believe it meant that they were able to kill DRM and region locking on a lot of games. Like that was mm. another output of the... Uh, of a lot of the PlayStation 3 jailbreaking. And everybody that's been around since that era of gaming knows that like there was hacked uh, Xboxes, the original Xboxes yeah. and play and Playstations. And these are how some of that happened. I know like back when the PlayStation 3 came out, I was very annoyed that there was no backwards compatibility. The hardware software just couldn't emulate PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably do an episode about right to repair and you know the freedom to use what you have but this is just another piece of that whole argument yes it allowed people to violate copyright and stuff like that but it also let people make supercomputers 
and run yeah. Linux on on a machine that they own. Yeah, uh, exactly. I I have an ire for DRM and that entire process. So yeah, we should definitely do an episode on that and the whole digital purchasing. And yeah, if your internet well, goes out or if your system dies, you no longer have access to the game you paid sixty dollars for. Yeah, well, and there's the John Deere stuff, but again, we'll we'll mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll save some of this for another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to, not to go on a rant about uh all this crap, but um. Anyways, like I said, uh, Anonymous halted their attacks two days before this breach actually occurred. Mm. Yeah, I figured so, they would have led with that if they if they yeah. were ready to do it. And they've they've also just denied uh, this completely outright. And yeah. obviously, but, if it, if it was them, chances are they would take credit for it because yeah. why not? Well, it's plausible that they didn't do it because <laughs> if you're anonymous and you can you know say whenever you're doing this and you're even close to being able to to knock this over. You don't do that announcement and then do and then do a denial of service attack if you can wreck everything a couple of exactly. weeks later. Yeah, don't poke at them constantly for a week and then hit them with their major attack. Now that like they're you've got their attention, like brought up their guard. Yeah, uh, I mean, which that actually didn't. One one of the major issues in a lot of these lawsuits is um, Sony didn't do anything during these like two weeks or month long attack of anonymous. Well, as I recall, the PlayStation Network remained susceptible to denial of service attacks for years afterwards. Yeah, blue stuff. Like, yeah, I remember, um, like, every Christmas on my Xbox, I could play games, and my brother on PlayStation couldn't. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, in IRC chat logs, now there's there's your gamer articles that reference these and point to a IRC a site that kind of stores logs. However, that site's gone and probably mm-hmm. been gone for years and years and years. But however, you know, they have some quotes in the article and, you know, they have one that says, quote, you know, if somebody's watching this channel, they should know that running an older version of Apache on Red Hat server with known vulnerabilities is not wise, especially when the server freely reports its version and the author. So, I mean, masking your version numbers is a nice to do, but patching is kind of like, you got to do it. <laughs> yeah, like you should probably mask any information on the server. So it's not that easy to figure it out. But especially if you're running like yes crazy outdated uh apache versions well um, yeah well i mean that's that's just indicative of the whole thing they're probably not doing any updates of anything yeah and there's also um in the article they cite that sony potentially also sacked a bunch of uh, security staff just prior to this breach so as they were getting ddos by anonymous they were firing security and admin types and ignoring any warning being brought up about like hey maybe we should like update our servers or strengthen our defense in some way well you know security is just a cost it's not a revenue generator dot yeah. dot dot yeah i mean that's always the rough thing when it comes to you know it in general if management doesn't understand why they're paying you anything if everything's running completely fine and normal and the moment something breaks management doesn't understand why they're paying you because why did you break it yes it's always a fun tug of war yeah yeah we're actually in the in the same business as insurance, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's not always an argument that you can make. Yeah, exactly. So in this Eurogamer article, and back in uh, 2011, they also cite that the German magazine Computer Build had uncovered evidence that suggested the PlayStation Network hack that left personal information tied to 77 million user accounts compromised was the result of Sony's quote-unquote obsolete software. The magazine claims to have received scan logs provided to it by a hacker group anonymous that indicated Sony servers were running long outdated programs and web services prior to the 19th of April attack. 
for example, the OpenSSH um, service was at 4.4. It was used to encrypt all the data communication. The current version at that time was up to 5.7. The version used by Sony had major security holes and had been known about for like five years or more. And so nothing had been passed. I do wonder if we have enough to triangulate to see if it was all basically if they installed Linux and then never updated any of their Linux systems, they just said, here's our stable platform and never ran an RPM update or whatever. Yeah, I, I could honestly see that. Yeah, they installed Red Hat from whatever the ISO was, got Apache up and running. And they're like, good, now you're fired, go away. You set up the service for us. We don't need you anymore. Yes. You know, like goes back to our, our some of the stuff we were talking about on Slammer. Yeah. Some folks are just, hey, why would we patch it? That's just a, a risk of bringing things down. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, bringing your server down for an updated patch would also cost you $171 million in the long run. Yeah, well. Hindsight uh, <laughs> is 2020. The thing is, this wasn't that long ago. No, if and you have, this still goes on right now. Yeah, You have a giant network like that, and you're already doing load balancing. An RPM update on whatever... CentOS, Red Hat, Amazon Linux box you've got is yeah. only going to bring that that Apache instance down for a moment, and sometimes not even that. Uh, no, unless there's something seriously it. wrong with the config that just doesn't jive with like, the updated version. If it's got, if you do a kernel update, it's definitely going to uh, essentially cause a full a full reboot of the system. But yeah. if I recall correctly, you, all the child workers will still be in operation when you do an RPM update. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've done that multiple yeah. times, updated a web server on the fly, no need for reboot, and yeah. good to go. Uh, just actually four years ago, so Sony has been, you know, quote unquote, improving their network and their security mm -hmm. like piece by piece slowly. And four years ago in 2016, Sony just announced uh, they would be implementing uh, two-step verification for the network. Is in two-factor? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Now, I don't remember seeing anything because, you know, I have a PlayStation and I don't remember ever seeing like uh, opt-ins or you know, like a uh, phone token or anything like that. I'd be curious how it works. Yeah. Hey. Or maybe I'm just missing that, like, I'm supposed to be using a token right now and I'm not. Oops. Hey, set yourself up as uh, doing some packet sniffing on, the, uh, on your network. Yeah. So all in all, we still really don't know who did this. You know, we will talk in a, uh, another podcast about LulzSec and uh, their hack of the Sony Entertainment network yeah. and all that stuff and some people because these happen fairly close together so a lot of people pointed to lulzsec and said well obviously they did this too yeah. there was one uh article where i forget who it was uh from the guardian someone was quoted as saying well like oh lulzsec was just they weren't um extravagant and as experienced enough to be able to pull this off but if you're looking at the irc chat logs and anonymous skins and everything you know, they were running crazy outdated stuff. Like yeah, it's, yes, this is not a high sophistication attack. And at the time, I believe the rumor was that Lulsec was angry because they had gotten in there stealthed, like like that they had not made their presence known. And then somebody came in there and banged on all of the doors and walls. And mm, yeah, and then they did a sweep of the network and then found them. And they were like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, very, very possible. Uh, one of the articles I was looking at, you know, was like lulsec probably not the culprits anonymous definitely not because they would have taken advantage of that but one of them is probably like uh ukrainian hackers you know just doing it for profit stealing the information you know a lot of them just um eat and breathe sql and yeah supposedly that's how they got in with 
you know, through a SQL injection. So. so we don't actually have confirmation of the vector that they got in or anything like that? No. So, uh, and do we have any reporting on how, how much actual credit card fraud they could tie to the information leaked here? I know that I that's a difficult attribution to do. Yeah, I couldn't find anything. Like I was Googling around just for, you know, who was it that hacked Sony back in 2011? And most of the articles brought up Lulsec, but we're talking about the Sony Entertainment hack. Yeah. And then just briefly mentioned, oh, yeah, also the PlayStation Network got hacked, but we don't know who did that. Or there was one article that pointed at Lulsec and then had been amended later on to say, oh, like, our bad. We blamed Lulsec for this as well, but that has not been proven. The law enforcement is not actually super or was not always super good at figuring out things based on the credit card fraud activity. The credit card companies are getting better at this, at correlating when they see a large amount of fraud kind of figuring out where the source of that was. I, mm -hmm. I know of a few examples where that was actually how the hack was discovered. Okay. I can't share examples of that because that's kind of privileged information. But all the stuff that they're doing, if you've ever gotten a phone call asking about a, uh, a credit card purchase, that kind of data analysis has an unfortunate, well, I think a somewhat unfortunate number of false positives on individual activities, but it really does work in helping them figure out who was the source of a lot of credit card fraud but that technology was not as far advanced as it is now um and i know yeah. that some of the bigger credit card things including the tjx stuff was greatly aided in actually catching the people to figure out what the scope of the hack was yeah i know um actually don't know if he still runs it but brian krebs uh yeah. had a site for a while called uh, have i been pwned and i don't know if he's still managing it or if he hands it off because it started growing exponentially but you know it's a good site for anyone listening to this you can go there enter yeah. your email click it and it will tell you if your email has been associated with any data breach well so, any data breach where the where the where the attackers released um, yeah 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 if they have all the data yeah so as a result of that um declaration there by the um british information commissioner's office uh, sony was fined two hundred fifty thousand pounds or three hundred and ninety five thousand dollars u.s Oh, that um, must have hurt them. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's why Sony no longer exists. <laughs> they went bankrupt, drifted into the ether, and we never heard from them again. It's almost yeah. a rounding error on some of the executive bonuses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that wasn't like just passed down and didn't just like fire some random IT guy and take a salary to pay it. Almost nobody has ever gotten the death penalty, the corporate death penalty for um, a breach, whether or not they were. I hesitate to use the words criminally negligent because nobody's actually been like gotten mm -hmm. criminal charges on them, but materially negligent is probably a better way of putting it. Yeah, a lot of things. the times it's just, you know, yeah. all right, we got breached. Take the uh, chief uh, information security officer. Yeah. His head is on the block. He's gone now. Move yeah. on. It's almost surprising. I wonder if any, if how big a company would need to be to survive something like that. Like, oh, for the, the breach? Yeah, well, the, the, the breach and the denial of service. I, honestly, I think the, the denial of service probably cost them more customers than the breach did. Oh, definitely. Like, especially, you know, because this is getting in the era of um, games that were always online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's you the know, beginning they, of that. Didn't need to be. So, yeah, it's super annoying as a customer to pay $6 for your game, load it up, and not be able to play your single player game because it requires an online component that can't be accessed. Yeah. And like you said, the, Hundred, they said 170 million or so in losses. Probably a lot of their losses were just in 
the effect of the hack, not mm -hmm. the aftermath between the the damages in the form of a uh, credit monitoring and insuring and fines and legal costs. I mean, it's just yeah. And a lot of times, because you know, I've been involved in one data breach that mm -hmm. I think it was through a student loan provider. They also make it so hard to even sign up for some of that stuff. Like you have to jump through a ton of hoops. It's very complicated to even get set up. And then sometimes you're agreeing to like, you know, kind of intrusive things for credit monitoring where you're like, this isn't worth it to me. Yeah. I know that you're currently working for the government, but I I think that you've been working for there long enough where you were in the scope for the OPM hack. Mm, yep. And that's all they offered, at least visible to us Yeah. for that was credit monitoring. It's like, like oops, our bad. Here you go. You get a year. Yeah. Well, I mean. You have to give up a fair bit of information to be considered for any level of trust by the federal government. Uh -huh. That's not just credit card stuff. It's a lot of information that you have to give yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but back to the point, the fact is that companies getting breached really, it's a hit to their business. But the fact that they've been breached doesn't cause a significant response by any kind of government oversight. This goes back to, there are no internet police. Yeah. And there was one article that basically cited, you know, right around this time, the PlayStation 4 dropped. So while this was a major breach and some people lost information, the network was down for a ton of time, a ton of people just hopped to the PS4 and this was completely forgotten within yeah. a matter of months. You're absolutely right. I mean, I, again, within my, with, within my group, we were talking about PlayStation 4 versus Xbox One. It ended up being a pretty close vote. My vote went to went to Xbox for sure because of the PlayStation, because of the hack that we just talked about. There was some difference in the amount of money that it to get the box. And my brother was on the other platform and stuff like that. And the security concerns, I think I was the only person in that group that that was a major consideration. Yeah, yeah. The last thing you're thinking when you're playing the games is getting your information stolen in any way. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the last thing you think of in almost everything you you do when you're interacting with these things. Um, yeah. It's really hard to make security a major consideration. Frankly, it's hard to make privacy a major consideration in, in operating in today's world. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I'm playing as Kratos and I'm stomping through Midgard to go punch <laughs> Thor and Odin in the face, the last thing I care about is my credit card's being stolen or not. But yeah, that's all I have for the uh, Sony PlayStation Network hack. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the first one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's first. Recording notes can be found at www.hackingthegibson.online. Follow Hack the Gibbs 1 on Twitter to get notified of new recordings. Support the continued observation of Hacking the Gibson on Patreon.